I'm Poltergeist, and I make inappropriate songs about horror movies. So basically, I just came to see some naked D's and A's for free. Take a peek, take a key. Twelve cabins, twelve vacancies, twelve bodies, mother pray for me. I might go psycho occasionally. One body, too many pray for me, cause we all go a little mad sometimes. No happy ever after, just chapter after, chapter after, chapter. Massacre, make the ripper look like an amateur ambassador of the slashers. Michael! Lord of the dead, Lord of the dead. Wake up in the coroner's bed. This is the hour for mourning and dread. Drain all the blood that was stored in his head. All of the apologies that you can muster from your dread won't protect you on your bed. Nothing will from Pumpkinhead. This is not a dream, baby. This ain't Halloween, baby. When I'm on the scene, this is what we call a scream, baby. Subscribe on YouTube at Poltergeist OD. Follow me on Instagram and the Slasher app at Poltergeist underscore OD. The following podcast is a production of the network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. another episode of how bizarre i'm one of your hosts chris chavez joined as always by aaron chavez my lovely wife hello i throw in the lovely wife piece and then i just didn't say it i was like "Ooh, i'm gonna be in trouble i better throw it in there at the very end (laughs) i don't even have to say it just be like joined by aaron chavez and people like oh his sister (laughs) just say aaron (laughs) my wife aaron my wife aaron that works or just aaron just aaron yeah e Whatever. E dog. E money. Dumbass. E spice. E spice. Let's call you E spice. E spice. That yeah. sounds horrible. Well, you said sounds it doesn't like matter. A club drug. <laughs> Yo, you got that E spice? <laughs> if you're looking for fun, look no farther. <laughs> the newest club in town, E spice. Um, so we're back. Another week of strange, unexplained, and bizarre disappearances. Yes. Um, I enjoyed last doing last week's. I told you uh, the one with the Soul Asylum. You said this week has a tie, and now I'm interested in hearing what this one's going to be. It does have a tie? Oh, it wasn't last week. It was weeks ago. But the last episode of the How Last Bizarre. episode, we yes. know everybody knows that. Okay. Yeah. So you've got a good one for us today. Are we diving right in. I'm assuming we're diving right in. I want to get to it. I want to hear. All right. It. So have you ever heard of it? It was in the late 1960s. A song like a folk rock song called Highway. Oh, is this the tie? Music, music tie? Music tie. Highway. Highway. There was another one called Rosie. Highway Rosie? No. Yeah, you're not alone. Oh, okay. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I thought I should have. I was like, wait a second. Like, I love music. I'm the uh, music That's dude. why I thought maybe you might because I you're I should a know these. Lover, highway or Rosie? Or is it Highway Rosie? No, those are two separate songs. Okay, Highway so and Rosie. But they're the same song? No, they're, they're just called something different. No, they're the two separate songs, but they're oh. by the same artist. Oh, by the same artist. Yes. Okay, two songs <laughs> by the same artist. No, I don't know this. So today we are going to dive into the mystery surrounding the man who wrote these songs. Ooh. The man that was often on the edge of fame, but he never quite made it. Ooh. He wrote songs about long highways, leaving his family behind, and being abducted by aliens in the desert. Chris Christopherson. No, I think you oh. know Chris Grosso. <laughs> he wasn't on the edge of fame. He was famous. Oh. <laughs> All right, go on. 
born in Nebraska in 1939. You're not going to tell me his name? Jim Sullivan. Oh, there you go. Jim Sullivan. Oh, I know Jim Sullivan. You don't know Jim Not Sullivan. really, no. He was the seventh son. His family moved to San Diego during World War II because they were like, you know, defense production. There was lots okay. of jobs out there and stuff. According to Sullivan, he grew up in a government housing project with a bunch of other Okies and Arkies. <laughs> Okies and Arkies? What does that mean? Oh, Oklahoma's and I guess arkansas people. Oh, is that what they called them? I know Okies for Oklahomans. Okies guess, and Arkies. I guess in the 40s, that's what we call them. Okies and Interesting. Arkies. Okay. <laughs> he was the high school quarterback. He married the homecoming queen. He was in a band called The Survivors. It's one of these guys. Yeah. So he's, he's the, like, okay. Oh, you know. But then as he got in this band, The Survivors, he developed, oh, this this is love. Music. music. So then it all became this is the about 50s. music. 50s and 60s he, now? Um, he graduated probably in the late 60s. Okay. So, because in 1968, he moved to L.A. with Barbara, his wife, and by then they had a young son. So they moved to L.A. because he wants to, you know. He, he's all in with the guitar stuff. You gotta make it. Yeah. He went by, by himself, not with a band? Um, by himself, with his wife and the son. But he had a band that he was doing. He did have a band, okay. yeah. And he goes by himself. And his wife Barbara got a job at, as a secretary at Capitol Records. And this is the late 60s now. Yes. Okay. She's supporting him. And then he is now writing songs and he's performing. And he, quickly he's starting performing in increasingly more famous clubs around L.A. He became a, a fixture at a club called The Raft in Malibu. Okay. And while he's playing at this place often, he becomes friends with some pretty famous Hollywood people like Dennis Hopper, Lee Majors. Sounds right. Harry Dean Stanton. I was going to say, he's in the right era to be in yeah. L.A., dude. Because at that time, that's when everybody was kind of going out there. Um, you're talking coming up on Woodstock era. So music's huge in LA and San Francisco at the time. Yes. I believe this is at the time that Steven Stills is out in LA meeting with uh Crosby and Nash to form CS Crosby is Stills and Woodstock's Nash. Woodstock's coming next year. The yeah. Because like, then Neil Young happening. comes out there and joins them. All right, let's do it. He was an extra in the movie Easy Rider. Okay. He performed on the Jose Feliciano TV show. Jose Feliciano. Which I guess, you know, is a deal. It was, it was back in the day. It was written about. So, you know, he's got a lot of support. And his Hollywood friends here, they really enjoy his music and they want to help him. So they help. They give him money to fund him so that he can record his first album. Jim Sullivan. Okay. Dennis Hopper's friends with this dude. So in 1969, he records his first album. It is called UFO. Okay. Okay. Um, this does sound familiar a little bit. UFO, an album called UFO. Well, we're thinking of a band, UFO. No, but was it about it. him seeing a UFO? Didn't I say that at the beginning? That's, That's what I the thought. songs, Alien Abduction and the Desert? Okay. okay. All right. I think I know it. I might okay. know something about this. So he records the UFO from his friend's funding, right? Yeah. And he's got it in with Capital. So his wife tries to Capital turn him down, though. Oof. So now his friends really like him a lot. One of his friends, I don't remember his name, but whatever, they fund their own, they create a own small record, record label, label yeah. so that they can put his music out. Okay. Record label's called Money, spelled M-O-N-N-E. So they, so they created a record label specifically for, for this guy. Good Lord. Yeah. So they put out his uh, his UFO album. I'm going to pull this up on Spotify. <laughs> and then, so, don't do that yet. Okay. And then, wait, focus, please. Okay. <laughs> Century City Records picked it up, and in 1970, it was remastered and remixed and okay. released on that, but still didn't seem much. much. Okay. No much, not much sales or anything. 
He re-recorded the one song Highway as a promotional single for RCA. That was on UFO? Yeah. Okay. They RCA declined, though. They didn't okay. take it, so whatever. In 1972, he recorded a second album for the newly formed Playboy record label. Okay. That's Hugh Hefner tried Hugh Hefner's getting in there. <laughs> and this album's called Jim Sullivan's, just called the name. But it also didn't do much, unfortunately. Mm. This poor guy. He well, just keeps swinging and missing. Swinging and missing. Swinging and missing. In 1975, by now he's having problems in his marriage. He's got some alcohol problems. Yep. He bids... Pe- peyote problems, obviously. Probably. If he's seeing UFOs in the desert. He bids his wife adieu and he goes to Nashville. He says he's going to send for her. He's going to go to Nashville and try to make it. Because he's it's kind of country folk rock. So he feels gotcha. like maybe that's a where to go. Send for his wife and kid later. He says goodbye. He's going to send for them. I <laughs> know. In March 4th, 1975, Sully, as he was known, Sully says goodbye. And then he starts driving off to Nashville from L.A. in his Volkswagen Beetle. How 70s is that? <laughs> Interesting. The next day, Barbara got a call from Jim telling her that he is all right. She finds this strange because, of course, you're all right. You just left a day ago. Hey, so just so you know, I'm doing fine. So she tries to ask for details. And he says, you wouldn't believe it if I told you. She asks further, but then he quickly shuts down and says, just forget I said anything. Just forget it. I'll call you when I'm in Nashville. Men in black are here. I can't talk anymore. Wow. Days okay. go by with no check-in. So Barbara starts to get worried. So she and Sullivan's uh, Jim Sullivan's family, they start calling hospitals and the police. From there, she learned that 15 hours after Jim had left L.A., so the very next day, he was pulled over by a police officer in New Mexico with suspicion of drunk driving. Mm. He passed the sobriety test, but they mm. said, you know, go to this, go stay at this hotel. So he checks into the La Mesa Motel in Santa Rosa, New Mexico. Police tell Barbara that he didn't sleep there, though. The hotel key was left on the bed, and the bed didn't look sleep and everything. There's reports that he bought vodka in the town, so he was seen in the town. And drinking. And drinking, of course. The following day, he was seen at a remote ranch 25 miles from the hotel. Okay. Um, and then on March 8th, so three days later, Sullivan's car was towed from that ranch. Okay. Inside the abandoned uh, Beetle was found his ID, his money, um, his beloved 12-string guitar, which is what really oh, raised everyone's flags. Right away, immediately. And a box of unsold records. And his one friend who opened the record label said once they saw that guitar, he knew that he would never Something's see him wrong. again. Because he would never leave the yeah, exactly. guitar. Um, then there's like various witnesses that said they saw Sullivan walking away from the car. A local stated that they saw a man um, matching Sullivan's description walking along the highway. He thought the man was probably a farmhand because Sullivan was six foot two and he had a handlebar mustache. Like he looked like he could have been a farmhand. And the guy offered him a ride because it's March and the desert is still pretty cold. Yeah. And the guy declined. That I think was the last time Sullivan was seen or spoken to. Wow. Um, police could not turn up Sullivan or any reason for his disappearance. Two of Sullivan's brothers came out to search, but they also had absolutely no luck. Not one trace of him anywhere. The small town of Santa Rosa, it's very small. Like the article I read said, they know if you stole a pack of bubblegum. Like everybody knows <laughs> yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. At least back then. You can't keep a secret. Right. A veteran news reporter stated, um, he told the New York Times in 2019 that no, and I'm not going to say this right, Arroyo was left unturned. I'm not saying it right. I know I'm not saying it right, but 
while another local stated, I always thought that there was something strange about how that went down and why they didn't investigate more. So two very different yeah. perspectives for how this happened. Um, so that was kind of the end of it. It was in, so there's not much, right? In 2010, Matt Sullivan, he's no relation, same last name, no relation. Really? He's founder of the Light in the Attic Records. Okay. He discovered Jim Sullivan's music. And he was like blown away and he ended up. I was going to say, it's probably amazing now. Like you're probably going to listen to him and be like, well, damn. He, he was blown away by it. He re-released the albums on his record. But then he became fascinated with the story. So he did a whole lot of deep diving and he investigated and, and talked to some of the people in Santa Rosa. And he also came up with nothing. No. The only thing I saw that he found that maybe wasn't originally is that somebody who worked at the gas station said that Sullivan asked for directions back to California. That was it. But I couldn't find that verified. Nothing's been else. since. Nothing. Who so, makes the money on the sales of these albums? Well, now he does. Matt Sullivan does, I think, now that he bought it. I was going to say, who does the money go to? But I don't know that. Because if it's like a ghost person or some, whatever. He, he, just, he did this because it was the part of that UFO gimmick, right? But yeah, so there's a whole lot of theories, obviously. Like his friends and family, like suicide was never a strong option. Despite his hardships, they did not think. Suicide was a thing. Yeah, that's weird. Again, the body should be found. But there was, I did see some mafia connections, which wasn't more explained. Uh, The only thing I can think of is that the ranch that his car was found on was a a very Italian name sounding ranch. Maybe he stumbled on something he shouldn't have seen. That's what someone, one of the locals said they think happened, that he stumbled on something. Or who helped finance these albums? Not just movie stars, but who else? Like what other kind of influential people in L.A. at the time could have been a mobster there there as well? Or just, a you know, sometimes, I mean, they don't play with their money, dude. If you don't make the money back and you can't play for the pay for the investment. Maybe that's why he was taking off in Nashville. He was trying to get away and they caught up with him. You know what I mean? And then, the, you know, of course, the, and then, the um, strongest theory is always the alien abduction theory since well, he's saying about it. And then UFO. he disappeared. Dude, so I pull up his album UFO, right? Yeah. And Wait, even though I told you not to. Why? <laughs> I just we're pulled, talking on here. Well, I just I... pulled it up now. And I want to hear what UFO sounds like. You ready for this? This is the name of the song. Where do you want to hear Highways? The song UFO or the song Highways? Highways was the single, but... Okay, here's the song Highways. There's a highway Never heard of this. There's a highway telling him to go where he can. <laughs> it's decent. I wouldn't be blown away. It's okay. It's It's got a very, like, 70s, 60s, late 60s, 70s vibe to it. Oh, yeah. Here's UFO. Oh, a lot more strings than I thought there would be. This guy just dis- disappeared, huh? Never seen He's got a little bounce to it. He's got a little toe tapper right here. <laughs> got a little bit of a toe tapper right here. Uh, the, and then here's Rosie. Calls you by the name of Rosie. 
It's okay. But again, you know, it's very kind of, it feels, I don't know why somebody would be blown away by that. But, you know, whatever, it's all good. Um, I mean, we've only listened to two seconds of three songs, so That's true. Fair. I haven't listened to the whole album. And back in the day, you put an album together for a reason, exactly. to be it's taken as one, like right? Exactly. You have to listen yeah. to the whole thing. So trying to pull them out from the middle is like starting a movie in the middle. So, um, no, this is an interesting one. I don't know. You know me, dude. I'm always going to be like, ooh, maybe the UFO thing is a thing to really think about, right? Because you're talking about out there in the deserts um, where it's more yeah, but wide why open. why didn't he even drive his car to the ranch 25 miles away from the hotel? And then why did he get out and start walking? Like, I have questions about that. Drugs, dude. Peyote. True. And then here, that's the other problem. Disassociative fugues. You can also, like, you can't, uh, the, they're a guarantee. So there's a lot of people who are still missing. And when it comes to the desert, that's just an area that's hard to find people in. You know, we might not find him for another 30 years before we find him. They found a body around Santa Rosa that they thought was him, but it was a, that was about the only near yeah. whatever. It's interesting. His wife, Barbara, died in 2016. And after she died, she had typewritten notes about everything that had happened. Like like that phone call, Jim called. That's how that's there because she wrote it down as it happened. And, and, wow. And then his son is like a English professor or something at a college. I don't know. I think it would have been much like for me more intriguing if his music was like about aliens visiting him and, and coming to take him away, and Who that they're knows? they're finally going to come and take him away one last time, kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, you're right. Who knows? Who knows what the lyrics, lyrics for UFO made are? More of a of a more of a mystery, I guess. Really? Because he talks about leaving his family behind in his lyrics. And he talks about alien abduction in the desert. So. Oh, he talks about leaving the family behind? That's what it's at. That's what the article I So read. these I are the lyrics for UFO. Okay. Shaken like a leaf on the desert heat. His daddy's got a bug that's hard to beat. Bought me a ticket, got a front row seat. I'm checking out the show with a glassy eye, looking at the sun dancing through the sky. Did he come by UFO? Uh, yeah. think he'll ever come again a different way and maybe he has come and gone while I was away it doesn't really it's sound region, like it did he come by UFO yeah. it's interesting dude and it's funny that people like I just saw a headline something about it being a masterpiece Yeah, maybe I gotta listen to it in, in order I'm gonna give it a shot I'll, li- I'll listen to this album and see what it's about uh, but yeah no, there's this a is- lot of news Times piece in 2019 all about it. And wow, and st- but there's still nothing. There's still nothing. And then wow. there's NPR. That's probably, I think that's the article you read, the masterpiece one yeah. that you saw. That was NPR. Like, there's been a lot of news recently. It sounds nice. He has a nice voice, and I like the guitar playing and stuff. It's that old, I don't know how to explain it. It's that kind of like, you can tell it's that era. It's that late that's 60s, okay. early, se- like early 70s kind that of, period. it's got a feel. It's so nice. Anyway, okay, cool. So my thoughts is if it's not UFO, it's something like disassociative and he ended up somewhere out in the desert and died. died We're yeah. not going to find him. We're not going to find him at all. Yeah. Unfortunately. Or, you know, having having done some sort of drugs. You're talking late 60s. Right. You know, so let's be honest. And he's drinking. So, or maybe even drinking in, in such a drunken stupor that he was out in the desert and got lost. And by the time he even started, he would dehydrate so fast. Right. It was marked in the desert. It was start that seeing hot, things. Still... Oh, during the day, though, no? True, yeah. I don't know what the desert's like during the day in March. In, in that area of New Mexico, I have no idea. About I mean, it's April here, and it's 80 degrees. Whoa, climate change, my friend. That's true, I suppose. <laughs> and we're recording this in April. When they hear this, it'll probably be May by then. I don't think we're idiots. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, 
That was a good one. I like that one. Interesting, huh? Really good. Yeah. Very, very cool. I like to kind of believe that like he, like he walked away. Because walked he away and started records, something different. But he didn't care about his mom or his, his son. His wife, you mean? His wife or son? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, Most Creepers. People do that all the time, right? That's true. Creepers, let us know what you think. Look into it yourselves. Is this on the Charlie Project also? You think he's on there? I don't there? see it on there. Huh. I imagine he would be, but... I wonder that they don't have every single person ever that was disappeared, do they? No. I would I assume... You would thing. assume they do, but I, I don't know that you could report every single thing. Who knows? Anyway. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. As always, make sure to head to the website, BICBP-radio.com. Uh, make sure to check out some of the other shows on the network and show some support. And if you are so inclined to join the Creeper Club, head over to patreon.com slash history creeps. There's a whole bunch of new shows on there just for you Creeper Club members. And we do, uh, you know, we, uh, we like to take care of our Creeper Club members. So keep your eye on your mailboxes once in a while and you get some extra treats. Other than that, um, this is it. This has been How's Bizarre. For my lovely wife, Erin, this is Chris Chavez reminding you that when you're out in the world and things come across as being a little bit bizarre, you may want to check and say, how bizarre.